Welcome to the Genuine Admissions Podcast, where we talk to members across our community about all things Loomis. My name is Amy Thompson. I'm the Dean of Enrollment, and I am also your podcast host. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Amy Thompson, and I am really excited to be here today to uh, speak with two of our dorm heads, um, Lillian Corman and Donnie McKillop. And Lil, Donnie, welcome. Welcome to Genuine Admissions. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Amy. We're so excited to be here. Thank you. I am so excited for this conversation for, for a number of reasons. Uh, we've been doing kind of a series with different dorm heads on campus, and you are two of what we might refer to as the more experienced dorm heads that we have coming in. And so I'm really excited to talk to you today about... Um, you know, you've you've been in the residence halls for a while, and you've been at Loomis Chafee for a while, and so what does it look like kind of over time? And um, I know that we're going to get into things today such as like dorm programming and the dorm curriculum, the residential life curriculum. I know that we might touch on, um, you know, just what it means to transition into Loomis Chafee as a new student in the dormitory, and I know we, we may uh, even get to some advice for parents at the end who are looking at boarding schools um, for, for their children. So before we get into any of that, though, I do want our audience to learn a little bit more about you. So Lil, why don't we start with you, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about yourself, um, you know, all the different hats that you wear at, at Loomis Chafee, along with, you know, why you love being head of Cutler Hall. Awesome. Thanks. So my name is Lillian Corman, and this is my seventh year working at Loomis Chafee. Um, I started here right after I graduated from Dickinson College, um, and currently I am the dorm head of Cutler Hall, which is an underclassman girls' dorm, which houses 50 underclassmen students. Um, and I'm also the associate director of the Norton Family Center for the Common Good. I teach two sections of the sophomore seminar and two sections of Spanish one. So lots of different things going on, but um, one of my favorite things that I've done in my, in my seven years here is being a dorm head. Um, this is my sixth year as a dorm head. I spent two as the dorm head of Longman and two or in four um, as the dorm head of Cutler. Um, and I love it because I, get, I, just, I stay connected to students um, in a way that I think is probably the most meaningful out of all the hats that I wear. I get to see them in the morning, at night, um, and I'm kind. I'm with them through uh, all the fun things that we do in the dorm, and and through some of their low moments that that they live through, um, and that's it, part of their adolescence as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to point out, um, you referenced the Norton Center, and I just wanted to let everyone know, if you're interested in learning more about the Norton Center for the Common Good, we actually just did a podcast earlier this year with the director, Matt Camerith, uh, who would be who talks about the seminar and various things about the Norton Center. So thank you, Lil, for mentioning that. I just want to slide that in there. <laughs> um, Donnie, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and about Wareham? Yep. So my name is Donnie McKillop. I got here in uh, January of 2017, so uh, half a year later after Lil started. Um, I have lived on a boarding school campus since 2011, um, got to, to Loomis and moved on to campus um, the fall of, of 17 and, and became the dorm head of Wareham Hall, uh, which is, is definitely a, a joy of mine. Um, the other piece of campus here I work in is athletics. I'm the associate athletic director, uh, the head baseball coach, um, assistant football coach, and then also uh, recently have elevated from intramural basketball up the ranks to the head thirds basketball coaching ranks. So congratulations, thank Donnie. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. A lot of, lot of student life and character <laughs> education is my focus. 
Excellent. And you live with your beautiful family as well. Yes. Yeah. Big, big part of the door and big part of, uh, of the social scene. And uh, when you get the tour and you see all the scooters and bikes, it's, uh, that's my house. You'll definitely be identified. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Excellent. So thank you both so much for coming today. Uh, you know, we know that you are very busy on campus and taking the time to speak to me on genuine admissions with our prospective families is really appreciated. So I think I just want to start just let's just start simple and let's just talk about what it's like to live in an underclass girls dormitory. What is it like life in Cutler, Lil? Life in Cutler is exceptionally fun. Um, the kids are you know, really learning how to live away from home, obviously, um, many of them for the first time. And some of them, for some of them, it's not the first time away from home. Um, but they're learning how to live away from home. They're learning how to live together um, with people from all over the world. And whether they're their roommates or their floor mates, um, they're really learning about each other. Um, they're learning about sim the similarities that they have with one another and also their differences. Um, and so, you know, through all of those kind of more serious things. Um, it's also really about like making the dorm their home. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I feel, you know, really lucky to have at Loomis is uh, that our new students come in to the, to the underclassmen dorms and they have student leaders that they can look up to. Um, we call them prefects and they're juniors and they live with the kids on the floors um, and they're really there to be like a support system. And kind of show them the ropes. They've been through a new student experience at Loomis as well, and so they can share that experience with the kids. Um, but it's all about the transition um, and making sure that they adjust. Um, and for some of our kids, that takes a couple weeks, and for some, it takes a couple months. Um, and, you know, standing by them through it all, I think, is what's most important um, for me as their dorm head, and it's, it's what's most fulfilling for me as well. Lil, that's a, that reminds me of, you. I know you've spoken in the past about the role that sophomores play in your dorm. Oh, yeah. Uh, not just the prefects, but in terms of kind of the unofficial leadership. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah, so I um, love to champion the role of a sophomore. Um, I think that oftentimes our sophomores go a bit unnoticed. In any high school, I think, you know, people say sophomore, what does it translate to, wise fool or something like that. <laughs> um, but I wholeheartedly disagree with that, and I think that the sophomores have a lot of power at Loomis, um, in the dorm especially. And, you know, they're the kids that they don't have a title in the dorm. Um, they're, they aren't a prefect and they're there to support freshmen. Um, and they're the, they're the kids that freshmen can relate to the most developmentally. Um, many of them are in the same classes as freshmen as well. So there's that, but at the same time, they're close in age or developmentally to their um, their friends that are juniors. And so they're in this kind of in-between underclassmen and upperclassmen role where I think it's really important. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I have about 16 sophomores in the dorm and I think that they're instrumental in building culture um, and building a community that's, that's positive in Cutler. Excellent. Thank you for yeah. talking about that role as well. So, Donnie, I know that things are a little similar and yet a little different in your dormitory in Wareham. So you can you talk to us a little bit about what life is like up there. Yeah. So the upperclassmen housing is, is definitely a, a little bit of a different tier. I think it's it's where all of the, the underclassmen aspire to get to. Uh, they see that senior path and the beautiful quad and and really want to get out there and live with their friends. Um and and uh, when they get there, what's nice is is there's a little bit of a longer leash, I would say. Um, it's just uh, it's a space where it's the true college prep focus. Uh, it's that that level of independence. Um, study hall turns into a bit more of a quiet, respectful hours. 
um, just so that you can be independent and, and manage your time. Um, it's, it's a great space for our kids to really, I think, practice um, being a, a self-advocate, self-guided time managers. Um, and then, you know, the, the similarities, I think, when you talk about the level of fun had, um, the culture of, of the family in the dorm, um, people being together, um, those, those pieces, you know, it's, it, the structure is similar where we have, um, you know, in-dorm faculty who are responsible for, for kids on each floor. Um, I live, uh, as, you, as you referenced, with my wife and my four children and my dog, um, so we're definitely a rowdy part of the, the, the building mm-hmm. as well, and a, a group of 38 high school boys. Um, my wife does dorm duty on Tuesday nights, so uh, my kids oftentimes are part of check-ins. Uh, my dog will be out there, um, and, and our kids are really kind in, in, receive, in receiving you know, our children. Um, and then also you know, the, the neighbors above us, um, we've got great teaching faculty on the second and third floor who are, are really involved and when they come through the building too they're, they're checking in on the kids in a, in a formal but also an informal manner um, so I think the the difference really inherently in that upperclassman versus the underclassman style is really probably just the kind of the length of independence um, a little bit more uh, a leeway during those study hall hours kids are allowed it to go more often to the library if they want to get um, group work done because they've earned that opportunity. Um, The check-in times are a little bit later on the weekends, um, similar to if you're growing up in your own home and your parents are starting to extend your your curfews. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a great space for us. Um, and what I always say, too, what I always mention about Wareham Hall in particular is uh, if you throw a good dodgeball um, or you like pizza or wings, we're probably the, the hub of, of those activities on campus. Okay, note that, everyone. Wareham Hall, hub of, of wings. Okay. So on that note, um, I think one of the things that we would want to talk a little bit about is Transition, you referred to this before a little, but also, Donna, you have new students in your dormitory as well because we do bring in new students who are upper-class students as well, and we have a postgraduate program, so we have PGs as well in your dormitory. And one of the things I think is especially important now coming out of COVID the past few years is, you know, this kind of re-socialization of of everyone, right? And particularly parents who are listening to this podcast know that as parents, um, that's something in particular that there was a lot of concern about as over the last couple of years and how students were going to stay connected and how they were going to reconnect once they went back to school, once they went back in social settings. And so over the, over the last few years in particular, you know, our new students have come in and Lil, you mentioned at the beginning, we have a very diverse group of students who come into these communities. So I'd love it if you could each talk a little bit about, you know, that type of, you know, whether or not it's how we transition students so that they know know, how to live with people who are different, what to do when room, when conflicts might arise in the dormitory and how, how you work with students through that or, you know, or support them through that, Uh, the problem solving aspect of working with others. Um, I'm happy to start and talk a little bit about navigating conflict, particularly um, in in an underclassman dorm as it comes up with roommates. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what's really important is for us um, when we're working with our students who are navigating some difficulties socially um, is coaching them like you would on a team Mm -hmm. um, or in the classroom on how to confront that head-on, um, coaching them on communication skills and speaking from the I perspective. Um, I think a lot of times students are really afraid, adolescents are really afraid of um, c- confrontation or 
uh, advocating for themselves out of fear of hurting someone else's feelings or um, breaking a relationship, breaking trust. And I think coaching students through how to get through that on their own is the most important thing we can do for them um, as their dorm heads or in dorm faculty. Every student at Loomis is also assigned to an advisor. And so, you know, obviously as the dorm head, I'm going to be the key person for roommate conflicts, um, as will their class dean. But we also love to make sure that students have a champion, someone in their corner, a trusted adult. It could be their advisor. It could be a coach. Um, it could be a teacher. It could be a counselor. But whoever it is, just making sure that that student knows that they have someone else that they can talk to. Um, if it isn't me, if it's someone else, that's great. I think at the end of the day, one of the most important things that we can do for students is giving them tools for their toolbox on how to um, respect one another's well-being and also how to cohabitate. And, and for kind of the upperclassmen, as you referenced, the postgraduates and the new juniors, I think one of the pieces, too, that's super helpful at Loomis is just the structure of the, the housing process. Um, so we, when we pick our dorm leadership, when you reference the, the RAs, the residential advisors and the prefects, um, that leadership team is, is really decided by us in the, the spring prior to really be uh, a team to lead your dorm that's coming in. So for instance, with me, I know I'm going to have new juniors, new postgraduates. They're going to have to kind of come into the Loomis culture, understand how to get to their first class on time, what obligations they need to get to, kind of the ins and outs and nuances of Loomis life. And so when we choose those leadership teams, it's nice to have a new junior on that squad who's been a new student in an upperclassman dorm before. Um, so we, we have those on, on our staff of the RAs. Um, the deans out the front end do a great job with an orientation practice at the beginning of the year. Um, and then the informal peer-to-peer -peer leadership is really, I think, what impresses me the most at Loomis. You have kids who have been here for a while who know how, how Loomis operates, know um, kind of the rhythms and routines that you can get into. And as you referenced earlier, the, the variety of types of students here, uh, a different student in a building of 38 is going to be responsible for showing each new student kind of the, the ways in which their life is going to play out here. I think it's, it's one of the beauties of Loomis is, you know, uh, it's, Loomis really helps people become their best version of their selves. It doesn't like Loomisify someone, you know, mm -hmm. you don't have to be a certain cookie cutter here. So when new students come in, they're really able to ask questions to residential advisors. Um, I think the relationships that we're able to build from dorm faculty um, to the students is also so authentically just organic. When, we, when I talk about kind of the wings and the pizza um, and the dodgeball, early on in the year, we do a ton of dorm programming. Um, and a lot of it is around activities and joy so that there's different opportunities for a variety of kids to come together. So we'll do trivia, we'll do dodgeball. And really for us, when you talk about the re-socialization, um, for us when we eat in our common room and the dorm provides a giant supply of, uh, of party-sized pizzas for Pizzarama, um, shout out. Um, but the, uh, you know, when we get that pizza, our kids are told to put their phones away um, unless they're engaging in a group setting where they're showing one phone to a group of people. And so it gets kids that interpersonal relationship building strategies and tactics that I think go a really long way. Um, so they're not just buried in screens like they were during that COVID quarantine time. So mm. when you talk about a new student coming in, it's really easy to eat some pizza, throw a dodgeball, answer a trivia question, right? And then they figure out, okay, like where is Chafee Hall? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so it creates an authentic relationship building that um, creates a really fun place to live where you know different student leaders are gonna have your back as you're going through 
kind of the onboarding process. And by, you know, by late September, kids, I think, feel really comfortable in the dorms that they're in. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you. So uh, we were talking a little bit. First of all, I just want to say Lumisify is now my favorite word. (laughs) Um, But aside from that, I'm interested in hearing a little bit more. You mentioned dorm programming. And I know at the beginning of the year, when we were talking about transition, a lot of that is about getting to know you, feeling comfortable, making Lumis your home away from home, especially as a new student. But there's also another side of dorm programming that has to do with uh, kind of a little bit of a more serious side, right? A more more educational side in in some ways and not just community building. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Donnie, if there were some examples maybe you could give of some of the dorm programming that um, that you've done so far this year, I think that would be helpful. Yeah, and so so we started early on when we onboard, we do a a fire safety chat because obviously the most important thing when you move in right away is making sure that we're safe in the building. Um, So... You know, that was topic number one. Um, the dorm curriculum is, is wide-ranging, and so last night we actually met as, as a group of dorm heads with our head RAs um, to talk about kind of how, how the school is running, and in that group we also talk about the dorm curriculum. So as you talk about the really important components of it, the topics that we've touched on as a whole campus-wide residential life team um, so far have been um, that fire safety, then um, a national coming out day, um, we had a conversation and, and a really good dialogue about that. I think Lil's going to dive in probably more on that that topic as well. Um, for us, we also, last Tuesday, all the upperclassmen boys dorm heads together uh, met and talked about sleep and the importance of sleep and, and getting rest and regeneration. And we actually tonight have a, a 9-15 meeting in our dorm uh, with an ex-Navy SEAL who did dorm duty for us last year in the building. Um, and he's going to do talk to us about some different regenerative tactics and breathing exercises to really kind of take home some of the, the campus-wide dorm curriculum, and, and each dorm will tailor it to their own population and their own spaces that make the most sense for their groups. Um, for us, bringing an ex-Navy SEAL into a group of upperclassmen boys brings a lot of allure, and, uh, and just kids are really looking forward to that evening, especially bringing Mr. Jarvis back into the building who mm-hmm. did dorm duty in there last year with us. So um, it's just a great time for kids to really talk about really important things together in a space that they've really built a lot of trust and credibility with each other. Um, and so it, it goes a long way. And you also, as a dorm head, get to hear some voices of students who maybe don't always feel comfortable speaking up about you know, what certain topics that come up in the common room and then a, a specific topic will come up in the curriculum and you'll hear voices of kids who maybe are a little less shy, but they come forward in a really important, meaningful moment for the group of 38 to hear their voice. And it's, it's just a fun evening. And, and typically, um, again, you know, I might be hammering home this food point, but typically mm-hmm. uh, the kids really enjoy being together, enjoying a meal together, breaking bread, and, uh, and learning about some really important character education components. Thank you. And Donnie, you're going to come back on the podcast after to share another time to share about those uh, sleep tactics, right? Yeah, absolutely. That you learn? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, Lil, I know Donnie referenced the programming around National Coming Out Day. I wonder maybe you could talk a little bit about what was going on in Cutler around that. And then anything else that's coming up that you know about would be would be great. Yeah, so in October, we celebrated um, and honored National Coming Out Day. Um, and that was something that all dorms did um, on the same night, which I think was really powerful um, and really impactful. And I know that the athletics department also did uh, some things around National Coming Out Day. Um, but just talking with the students about um, the process of coming out and how it's different for everyone. Um, and some of our, our colleagues built that program um, and designed that program for boarders, but um, it was also shared as a requirement with our day students as well, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a really important thing to note here. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we have coming up 
is a program around building empathy. And I think I've talked a little bit about the importance of building empathy in our underclassmen dorms where we have about 36 new students every year um, in each of the underclassmen dorms. Um, and so this program around building empathy um, came from, uh, I'm gonna shout out a former Cutler prefect. Please. Cushy, uh, who in her senior year here last year developed a, um, as part of her GESC requirement through the Alvord Center, um, she developed a program on um, building empathy and talking through identity, um, building cultural awareness. Um, and so she designed this program and she, um, in partnership with the International Student Ambassadors, they've kind of created um, a program that has stuck. And so it's something that we do in the seminars with freshmen. Um, and it's something that we're continuing to work through in the dorms. And it, it basically involves, you know, pairing, um, I as a dorm head will pair students in the dorm with one another who they might not know each other that well um, and talking through parts of their identity, things that, um, you know, have shaped their experiences and um, for what it's worth, like what they're comfortable sharing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and so they'll, they'll kind of talk through parts of their identity and try to build some cultural competencies around that um, in a safe space. And I think that that's a really important thing to note as well. Like we're doing this in a space, we're talking about um, some sometimes more challenging topics than others. Um, cultural competencies and talking about identity is more challenging for students to you know, discuss than sleep. Um, both are extremely important and both are very relevant in our students' lives, but um, it's something that you know, we're looking forward to doing, and I think the kids are really receptive. Of. Mm -hmm. Excellent. It, thank you so much. And I think it's just a good reminder and a good companion to some of the conversations that we were having with uh, our other Dormhead podcast about just the educational component of being in a residential community and that it's both formal and informal and that some of it is, and it's, and it's also a spectrum and a, and a range, right? So it can be everything from you've never done laundry before and you need to learn right. how to do laundry <laughs> right. to the types of things that you're talking about that right. are really important conversations to be having, and particularly coming out of the last few years, particularly coming from this particular age and stage. So um, I think that's just an, an excellent example of all of the different types of education that happen. Um, a lot of liberal arts colleges are designing their dorm programming um, around what they're calling living learning communities. They've been around for a while now. Um, but I think that part of this dorm programming and the dorm curriculum is even though it's not necessarily a Cutler Hall seminar class or, you know, they're not all in French together, um, but in some capacity, it's an intentional way of making their learning more visible, mm -hmm. um, even though they are learning experientially every single day. Um, it's more of like, how do we make this experience not only experiential learning, but also one that is kind of like a classroom setting mm -hmm. um, for our students. Mm -hmm. It's also neat that we've, we've unified the, the weeks and the timing of each curriculum too. So on campus, when we all did it on National Coming Out Day, it really meant a lot, I think, for that program to be the buzz and the chatter of the lunchroom, of the, you know, the post-dorm meeting um, common room hangout. There's just topics that kids feel motivated by to, to dive deeper into. And so doing it campus-wide at the same time, I think it just shows the intentionality of it all. Um, and I think it's just kind of been cleaned up and continues to improve and grow. And it's, it's one of the pieces that, uh, you know, Lil and I really enjoy doing. Um, and the dorm is just, I think, better off for it. And then the whole school community 
uh, creates a, a pretty unified, educated space um, with good literacies in a variety of areas. Excellent. So uh, I think we've talked quite a bit about our focus on students and the student experience at the school, particularly around the residential life, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your thoughts uh, regarding parent connections with what's happening at school or, you know, advice for parents as they're thinking about this process of sending their kids to boarding school. Um, it's not the same as it used to be, right? There's a lot more ability to stay connected with children, but then sometimes, you know, that's the fear of, okay, I haven't heard anything. Is that good news or bad news? And um, maybe that looks a little different for an underclass versus an upperclass dormitory, just in terms of where they are in terms of their maturity. Um, I mean the maturity of the students, not the parents. Um, but in any case, I'd love to hear any thoughts on those topics. It, it certainly is. Uh, in, the, uh, in the upperclassmen dorms, I think, is, is a space where uh, the parents create the relationship that they desire with kind of the dorm community. Um, we have parents who are very active and contribute a lot to birthday parties and are, are very much in tune with everything that's going on in, in our dorm. And there are parents that... Um, are really excited about the level of independence and kind of more of that collegiate feel. So the upperclassmen dorm is certainly a variety and a wide spectrum of parental involvement. Um, there are parents which I know face-to-face -face I would recognize right away seeing, and there are parents who I see at drop-off and pick-up. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of a nice piece in the upperclassmen deal where it's to get involved as much as you would like to um, in a really supportive way. Uh, I think the village is enhanced when parental involvement is is there, um, but there is also, you know, a great deal of trust in kind of the systems in place here at Loomis, and, you know, as you're talking about kind of, you know, looking at the, the whole boarding school and residential program as a whole is just really, you know, look at kind of how dorms are structured, what the, what the rules are in the building. Um, Loomis is very clearly a, you know, a, kind of a two-tier rule set, right? There's a freshman and sophomore experience, there's a junior and senior experience. And that's not true at all boarding schools, right? Mm -hmm. Some boarding schools, there's a residential life experience for four years. So your 14-year-olds are getting treated the same as your 19-year-olds. And here, it's, it's very distinctly intentional in how we prepare our juniors and seniors for college and how we prepare our freshmen and sophomores to be successful in their four-year time here. So mm -hmm. um, that would be kind of my two cents on the boarding life, parental involvement, um, some questions to really look into as you're deciding between schools, um, obviously biasly loving the two-tier system at Loomis. Um, it really benefits us a great deal in terms of how our students can be successful here. And then when I talk to the upperclassmen who graduate and go off to college, um, who come back, I mean, we had a, a little squash tournament for our baseball team on Sunday, and we brought um, one of our RAs back uh, this, literally this Sunday, was hanging out in our dorm and then in my house um, talking to some of the kids he lived with last year about college life and how prepared he is to be successful at Yale. Um, so it's, it's a really nice piece and component to it. So as you're choosing the residential program, the boarding school, um, your level of involvement is, is your choice and then just be intentional about which type of residential program is best fitted for your particular student. That's excellent advice. Lil, do you think there's uh, similarities, differences in terms of what you see? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there are quite a lot of similarities. Actually, I think one would think that because it's an underclassman experience in Cutler that all families are immediately super involved. And actually, the, I'm, in my experience, that's not always the case. We mm -hmm. have families who, you know, are you know, the, it's the third child um, being sent to a boarding school and, and they're, they come for drop-off day and they're like, all right, see you at the end of the year. 
Um, but then we have families who, for, for whom this is a very real and scary experience to drop their child off at 14 or th- even 13 years old um, in mm-hmm. someone else's care. And I like to say, like, you are, we, we think of this as parenting from afar, right? Like, they are still parenting, they are still their parents, um, and, and it's more of a partnership between, you know, us as the dorm faculty and the parents um, and how we can make it work and, and work in the best interest of, of the child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, like, it, it's, it really is dependent. I think Donnie said it really well. It's dependent on the family. It's dependent on the needs of the student um, and how we can partner with them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we hear from families frequently, and that's totally fine. And sometimes we don't hear from families um, until, you know, between drop-off, family weekend, and then again at the end of the year. Um, and so it really is dependent on the needs of the family. Well, you know, that that's a perfect, um, just a, an example of what Donnie was talking about earlier in terms of kind of the lumicification, uh, yeah. right? That it, that it is a school that's very individualized in terms of how we work not just with students, but also uh, parents and guardians, yeah. you know, and, w- and what works best. So... As we wrap up, I would just love to end with just hearing a little bit about, um, you know, your goals for the students in your dormitories. Like, what do you see as success? What do you want your students who are living in Cutler this year, who are living in Wareham this year to leave, kind of, you know, having certain mindset or skill set or what are, what are your goals and hopes and dreams for them? Yeah. So, of course, I want my students to feel like they love Cutler, like coming home to Cutler is their home. Um, you know, I, I would love to say that I want them to miss Cutler. I think that that would be really selfish, though, to say out, to say out loud. And I want at the end of the year, when they're done with Cutler, I want them to feel like they're ready for the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a really natural feeling for them to feel like, okay, I'm ready for maybe an upperclassman dorm, or I'm ready for this. And because of my experience in Cutler, I can take the things that I've learned and move on um, and make my next dorm an even better place um, because of it. So... Mm-hmm. You know, I really, um, I'm proud of the growth that my students experience in a dorm like Cutler. I think it's the most rewarding part of my job to see a student come in, especially I'm thinking of the freshmen, to see them come in, um, you know, in September of their freshman year and to watch the growth from September to May. It's amazing to mm-hmm. see that growth, mm-hmm. um, you know, and some of them stay in Cutler and some of them move into a different dorm and, um so many of them do come back to be juniors as prefects and um, working with them in, in all those different years and all those different capacities is is really just the best part of my experience here at, at Loomis. Awesome. Yeah, in Wareham Hall, you know, I referenced a, a few of the pieces that I think are really important for that upperclassman housing. Uh, you know, the, the goals, I would say, is definitely creating a, a really positive, independent, self-advocate um, who is also very thoughtful and considerate and, and respectful of, of the people around them, um, the spaces around them. I think one of the pieces that I love, too, that, that we didn't dive too in-depth on, but is, is some of those kind of the chores um, in the building. So there's a lot of respect, Todd and Wareham, about the facility, um, just, you know, treating people the right way. I think one of my all-time favorite stories in Wareham Hall um, was last year for a psychology project. Uh, one of our students printed a picture of our housekeeping uh, helper, Jeff, who is absolutely a stud in our building, um, takes care of our, our boys, um, does a great job. But our, our boys, um, you know, printed a picture of him and, you know, said, hey, like, let's respect the space. This guy is taking care of us. Um, his job is to help clean things that we don't see, not to pick up after us. And mm-hmm. so that level of independent living, 
um, respect for, for people who are working for and with them. Um, you know, this year, our guys, if they see, a, you know, bags of trash that Jeff has, has gathered, um, they will take it out to the trash corral. So those are, are pieces, I think, when you talk about just being thoughtful and considerate, um, respectful community members, uh, and then, you know, that, that idea of being independent people that can really self-advocate and, and manage whatever is coming their way. Because when we're done with them and wear them, they're off to the college ranks and, you know, there's not necessarily a, a, a little McKillop kid running out at them anymore or, mm-hmm. uh, or Mrs. or Mr. McKillop coming out to give them a hug. Um, we just hope that, that they can navigate their own way and, and have the time management skills, kind of those just thought processes that will be able to carry them through successes and maybe even through some adversity. Um, and they're always welcome to come back to Wareham. I'd say that's my, my number one goal is uh, when they're in college, if they feel comfortable to come back and say hello and and, uh, and think properly about how they're moving forward with their lives, that would be uh, the ultimate joy. Excellent. I'm so inspired by both of you today. Lil, Donnie, thank you so much for coming in. What else is there to say? This has just been amazing. Thank you so much. I want to move into Cutler and Wareham. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> How's the dodgeball arm? <laughs> I don't know how my dodgeball arm is, but I like wings. So we go. at Come least have in. that. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been Genuine Admissions. This is Amy Thompson. Thank you for listening.